welcome to our podcast, Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem, Laced with Morality, where all authors and experts are invited to share, learn, and together make this a better world where light pierces through the darkness with the spoken and written word. I am so excited for our guest today. His name is Jeff Keen, and he is the author of, let me, please let me get this right, uh, Pericupy? He's very close. <laughs> <laughs> Pericupy. Yay! You did okay. it. I'm, I'm proud. Pericupy. All yes. right, yes. Because listeners, you're going to be tempted to say the word periscope like I did originally. <laughs> um, you're you're going to be tempted to see that word when, even when you pick up a copy of his book. Yes. Um, this, yeah, this is a, an exciting novel of an adulteress. And those of you who love um, biblical fiction, you are going to really like this book. I had the honor of meeting him through social media and we connected regarding my call to those with books and who, those getting ready to launch who, who have launched. But upon meeting Jeff, we found that we have way more in common. Oh yeah. We both, <laughs> yeah, we both grew up in, in Freeport where we enjoyed coffee. <laughs> Walking our dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so finally someone who doesn't think I have an accent. No. It's, it, it's a it's lot perfect. of perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's totally perfect. But um we also found out that we are both guys, you're not gonna believe this. So not only are we members of Word Weavers, but we're both president in a, a chapter of Word Weavers and we're both mentors. Yes. I mean, the world just got smaller. So, so that's super fun. There's no coincidences, he, right? No coincidences, <laughs> no. And he is a he's a Jeff Keen the second. Um, he holds degrees in biology, chemistry, and linguistics. His writing path began when his high school teacher assigned him the task of creating an original screenplay. Twenty-five years later, the screenplay was published as a short story in a Long Island newsletter. But the writing blog really began when developing a textual criticism about the New Testament story in a master's level seminary course in 2012. Since then, Jeff has had the undying urge to write about unnamed characters in the Bible who've met Jesus. He served as a volunteer firefighter where he suffered a line of duty injury resulting in the loss of his right foot below the knee. That's right. You heard it right. He suffered the loss of his right foot and so i believe he became like the the, the first one-legged firefighter out there on long island in freeport mm -hmm. one, one of the hugest um fire departments there in the island um he worked on an noaa research vessel for 17 days at sea that was sort of like a teacher at sea program and he even applied to the nasa teacher in space program and he currently serves as a public school teacher he lives with his bride um, let's make sure I say her, her name right. Andrea? Yes. Okay. In Central Florida, they have two adult children, and um, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you jump in here, Jeff. Let's, All right. Did I, did I leave out anything? Um, I think you have the, you got the nuts and bolts right there. You got it. <laughs> okay. And that background in linguistics, does that help you with writing what you write? I think so, a little bit. Um. It's, it's an associate's degree, to be, to be clear. Uh, I, I don't have a four-year degree, but um, I think I learned a lot about etymology and um, where words come from and, and you know, kind of how to 
make sentences flow a little bit better. I know it's not a literature degree, but still, mm-hmm. it, it's very. I, I just like foreign languages, so that's you'll yeah. see. It, you'll see it in my novel that I do yeah. uh, talk. I do have some words from Aramaic in there, yeah, as well. Yeah. So I noticed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so can you tell our listeners? Specifically, what is your genre, and what led you to write in this genre? All right. So, um, you've talked about a little bit about historical fiction, but I like to call it Bible fan fiction. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, that may not chime very well with some of the older, you know, uh, people who, who read the book, but certainly some of the younger ones they know what fan fiction is. And so, yeah. if, if anybody's a fan of the Bible, and I, I believe <laughs> most Christian people are. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, you take a character that you learn to love. And like you said, I, I, I wrote, I learned to love this character through, through uh, some seminary courses I was taking. And I didn't know anything about her. You know, all it was, was 10 verses in, in the book of John. Who was this woman? How did she get to be an adulteress? And, and what happened after she met Jesus, you know, most, yeah. most, most Christians, we think, um, oh, we get saved and, and, you know, that's it. Life's all pretty and, and cheery, but oftentimes the opposite is true. Life becomes more complicated when you become saved. So, yeah, especially back then when, when you could be killed for being a Christian. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I just, uh, I just wanted to write about this woman. So, so that's how I got into historical fiction. That's how I got into biblical mm-hmm. historical fiction. Now, I was told by some of my fellow word weavers, um, first I was saying my, my, my genre was historical fiction. And they said, mm-hmm. you know what, you, you, have to, you have to put the word biblical in there. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's so much historical fiction that takes place in you know, the 20th century. Um, yours is very different. So you have to put that in there. So. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, you've been invited to our book launch series to discuss your journey as a writer. So in a nutshell, can you describe your journey before and after being published? Oh, absolutely. Um, so, well, before published, wow. <laughs> uh, I was sort of lost as mm-hmm. a writer. Um, totally new to this profession. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't have a degree in literature or, you know, anything like that so um my background was science you know i Mm -hmm. i that's i i was actually uh pretty agnostic for a while uh while i was going to college which happens to most a lot of college students actually yeah um so what did i know about writing a novel let alone a christian novel you know so Mm -hmm. um but regardless uh I, i did when I was in seminary, or shortly thereafter, I did I did pound out my first draft in about eight months. So, um, and then half that time was spent researching. You know, yeah. I I didn't want anyone to read my book, particularly somebody who perhaps had a background in in biblical history or, or and say that's not the way it was. You know, so yeah. I, I wanted I wanted um, it to be very close to what we know today as as what life was like back then so honestly when you're reading it you're gonna feel like you could possibly be there um even if you've seen you know the tv show like the chosen or if you've read other books um 
you, you're gonna you're gonna see the details. So um, I, I, I I left no stone unturned, so to speak, as far as the details go. Um, but I but I, but the manuscript was done in 2016. I printed it out at Staples, you know, and it was really <laughs> rough. It was rough. I, I still pre-published. I, I I didn't know what I was gonna do or who was gonna find this book, but I just had to do it. But but then Word Weavers helped me, you know get those rough edges out of the way and make it enjoy, turn it into something that readers would enjoy. And so after being published, um, it's just surreal. It's like, yeah. the one word I can say is it's exciting. This is an exciting time. Um, and, and you know, yes, I'm traditionally published, uh, but the same can be said for those who publish or self-published, you know, now you're out there, you know? Right. Now, now, what do you do? Ah, you just, um, I mean, yeah, it's not Broadway. It's not the silver screen. Uh, who knows? Maybe someday your work will get there. But, um, uh -huh. and I, you know, I never, I never started for the fame or the money. You know, the funny thing is I told my publisher in our first pre-contract phone call, um, I, I, which may have been a mistake, but I wanted to be honest. I wanted to be flat out. And I said, you know, I don't care about the money. <laughs> which might not be something you want to tell but I you know I had to be true to God right I had to be true to God and I said even if I find that just one of my books gets into the hands of someone who needs to find Jesus or, or needs to have their faith you know strengthened or secured um, mm -hmm. I've done my job so mm -hmm. so that's 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 where I started with this and that's where I will continue with this now yeah I'm gonna fight I'm going to get out there and do the work necessary to to get my hands my book into the hands of more readers but 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 really um i don't think god's done with that one novel no yeah I don't, he's not done with me <laughs> no it, it, you know i you know what i found interesting is that you do a really good job of writing from the perspective of a woman How oh did, that's an entirely different story <laughs> yeah uh, I, did, did you your yes. wife helped you out with oh, that? Oh, yeah. she did. Yes. What a good a good uh, thought you came up with. Yes, because that is so true. Um, I had, she was my first reader. She was my beta reader. Because, yeah. I, again, I'm a male. I'm not going to remain biased. I know that my female perspective was way off. And yeah. so when I printed that first manuscript from Staples, she I gave it to her and I didn't look at it again until she was done with it. And she, boy, she, she wrote a lot. She said things like, well, a girl wouldn't say that, or a girl wouldn't respond to a guy if he said that. So I went back and I had to do a lot of editing in my, and I, it also gave me a deeper understanding of how women are different and, you know, how they think, and which is, I think, every male writer who is going to tackle a female main character or any character, really, um, yeah. you want them to be realistic and, you know, you don't want to assume anything. I've learned right. all this stuff in my writing, you know, uh, so it's mm -hmm. really re rewarding. Yeah. On all these different no, I, levels. Yeah. I get it. But you, you did an amazing job. Like I would have, unless I knew, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I could have easily picked this book up and thought a woman had written it. So you Ooh. did a really good job. <laughs> yeah. It was really very well done. Well, thank you. Uh, um, and, so I just want to share with our, our listeners just a, a, a short part of the book. This is about another character in there whose name I can pronounce a lot better. 
Nifa, 10 at the time, helped her mother tend to the daily chores in the kitchens of the lower level. Master Hannon invited a Roman legatus and his wife for an evening meal. The lavish menu required all the servants to assist with the preparations. The complex and opulent menu consisted in part of a roasted lamb stuffed with thrushes, puree of peas, and a variety of dried fish and fish sauces from the Great Sea to the West. Anything they could do short of serving pork to win the approval of the local Roman powers. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, just that whole, the whole, um, preparate the whole meal and the, mm-hmm. the servants getting ready and all of that. You do such a great job of really putting us into that time. You could, I could feel it. I could sense it. Even in, in your opening, your opening um, chapter mm-hmm. where um, Pericope, right? Mm-hmm. Pericope yes. is, is, uh, is in that opening scene. Like I could see her sunbathing. You know, watching, watching the, then watching the sunset. I could just, I felt like I was there. Um, and her first interaction with, with this, um, the guy that she, you know, was accused of having an affair with. But just, just really well done. Really putting us into the scene. So great job. Thank you so much. It, it, it like I said, um, it didn't start off that way. And I guess most authors <laughs> can say that. You know, it, it oh, actually yeah. it actually um, makes you it makes you feel good when you hear about big authors who are famous who they say that you know my book my first manuscript got shot down you know eight times you know and things like oh, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that you not that you wish to hear have anybody have that happen to, but <laughs> it's you know what if it it's about building that thick skin you know yeah. as an author yeah. 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 <laughs> I enjoy hearing when they get shot down. It's encouraging. <laughs> it's encouraging. Yes, yes. In a, in a roundabout way, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, there is a very successful author. He's, he's been on here before. Oh, just, oh my goodness. What a, what a lovely person. Gifted, gifted writer. And he writes in my genre. His name is Stephen Harm. Okay. And he shared with our listeners that he had, he had gone through 160 rejections. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and, and he is—he is really successful at what he does. He's an incredible writer, and I find that very encouraging. And you know, a lot of people have said that that particular episode gave them great encouragement. So if you're listening to this, Stephen, <laughs> thank you for failing. <laughs> yes, that they say failure <laughs> is our <laughs> failure is our best teacher, right? Yes, yes, yes. it helps us. Well, what advice can you share with that author community regarding building platform? Because I'm sure you've heard that from your publisher. Ooh, building platform. The word platform is a bad word. <laughs> no, we don't say that out loud. No. Um, well, you know, sometimes I'll just say it, it can be more challenging than writing a novel itself, um, yeah. especially if you are new to it. Now, yes, like everything, it gets easier. You know, everything, the, the whole writing a book proposal i remember somebody telling me was was so much more challenging than writing the book itself but again when you fight through it and you get through you know you trudge through that thick mud of unknowing you become you know more knowledgeable and things get easier so i I believe it's the same thing for the platform i mean you've got but it's just so much out there right you've got facebook twitter instagram web pages email lists blogging vlogging the whole selling yourself thing It's, it's it's very frustrating and so Here's the thing, 
this is not Christian behavior, right? Yeah. We're supposed uh -huh. to be humble, not boastful, right. Right? right? Biblical wisdom teaches us to listen, not prattle about like a fool. So, right. but you're a writer for God. I mean, mm -hmm. what if uh, what if the gospel writers thought that way? Oh, I better not share this with anybody. It's too boastful, right? So, right. if it's God were if it's if it's God God's word, and it's and you're doing it for Him. Um, I always tell my students, and I tell my children this more. My students, when they ask me personally, I say, "If you're doing something for God, you you'll be a success eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, to, if you keep mm -hmm. you keep doing it." So. Um, and that's that's what I'm going to say about about building a platform. It's just, um, I mean, you can give your work away, <laughs> right? You know, I, I actually have given quite a few copies away uh, yeah. to my students and their parents if they inquire personally. I I, I think it would be a, a conflict of interest if I were to announce it in the class. Buy right. my book, you know. Here's my book. But, <laughs> but if, if if my student wants a copy, I I I, uh, I, I send them a PDF. You know, anything to spread the okay. word, right? Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but continuing with that, I mean, if you wanted to look up stuff on the internet, you can search till the cows come home because there's just mm -hmm. more than anything anybody would ever want. So, but mm -hmm. I would like to, one piece of advice, if, if mm -hmm. you're going to take one piece of advice away, it's, it's often not what you know, but sometimes who you know in this case. Mm -hmm. You can build, you, and publishers will, say, publishers will ask you in your book proposal, who, you know, where is your influence? And, and mm -hmm. so it could be um, as simple as your church. You know, yeah. just ask your pastor to post about your book in the church newsletter or on mm -hmm. the church website. Um, right. but, but even more so, hey, maybe you have a, f uh, a friend who works for a magazine or maybe your brother-in-law's cousin's former roommate, right, is now the mm -hmm. CEO of some major corporation and all they have to do is say the word during some press release or whatever and boom you know that's it so i know that's that's harder to come across but you have to use your resources are more than just you you have to look at other resources out there as well yeah because we're we're getting good. god's word out there and so some of the things you might not feel too comfortable about other and other aspects of your life you should have more courage with this you know? yes that's rich yeah, that's very good. But you think that you think those connections and networking, not, you're not networking, right? In a, in a wise way. It's so good. That's what um, um, conferences are good about too. go to those conferences, yeah. go to those writers conferences. They are golden experiences. That's right. We were just um, talking about that, right? <laughs> we were talking about the right about going to planning out our lives about which conferences we're thinking about going to and um, all of that good stuff but there was even for instance there was even a um on on the blue ridge conference site mm -hmm. the site they have on facebook and online um and there was there was an article written by um a fellow author her, her name is um sherilyn Vespano, and she wrote she she was basically writing an article saying you your connections are more than you think they are right and uh, and then and just sharing how you can go ahead and and look at all of these different connections you know mm. and so so just it's just like you said just don't don't dismiss many of these different connections that you have and how you can 
spread the word out. And it's about your you're not trying to just be self-seeking, but you're like, I have this nugget of goodness that yes. I want to spread. I want to share it with everyone. I don't want to be selfish. It's just not there selfish. you go. Yeah. Um, what what how well how can you do this? How can you offer words of encouragement? Um, to other authors and creatives who are struggling with things like rejection, disappointment, and isolation. Oh, wow. Well, I, like, like I said, um, you were all going to experience it. And you mentioned the one person who had over 100, 100 rejections. Um, so it, it doesn't matter who you are. No one makes it, you know, or very rarely make it from, from the first step without getting that, that disappointment. Um, mm-hmm. And, you, and you, you do feel isolated. But, the, you know, when... When you asked this question, the first thing that came to mind was something that that I learned uh, during one of my first experiences at a writer's conference. And that is, Mm -hmm. you have to develop a rhinoceros skin. Yeah. Okay. That (laughs) thick skin that you understand where you are, you understand where the criticism lies, positive criticism. And, and, and because, because you're holding on to an, a growth mindset, which is so important for writers, mm-hmm. you have to be able to, to, to know that you, can, that you should grow, um, no mm-hmm. matter how long you've been writing for, um, you'll be fine. You know, once you realize yeah. that. So, uh, so my example is um, in 2017, I, I attended my first writers conference in Florida. Right. Yeah. Um, and I almost cried. Honestly, in the hotel room, the first that first night, because I, I three, three I had I met three representatives from from publishing companies. And, mm-hmm. I mean, this whole this was so bad. I I don't usually write poetry, but I had to get my feelings out, so I, I wrote a poem about it. I don't have it on me. I'd probably read it to you, but it's pretty humorous. Um, but two two out of the three liked my pitched idea, uh, and not but none of them liked my writing. Like I said, it just wasn't ready. Um, wow. One guy, one guy even asked me, and I'm still, I still follow him on Facebook. Um, one guy, why are you writing this? He asked me. <laughs> he said, you should be, you should write something about something you know, something you know about, right? Now keep um, in mind, this was a Christian writers conference, so yeah. And I, and then I felt weird, of course, for saying, yeah. Well, God called me to write about it. And so yeah. if, if a fellow Christian can't understand what that means, especially in the writing field, can't understand what that means, um, it just wasn't the right fit. You know how, I guess, uh, yeah. someone goes out for a stage performance uh, audition, and even though you've, got, you've nailed everything, you're just not the right fit for that part. Yeah, and exactly. That's, that's what it's like. And once you realize that, you know, um, you, you'll your rhinoceros skin will be thick enough for you to move on and, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and if, if you can make it through some of those tough critiques and you can come out shining on the other side, because um, remember nothing worthwhile is ever easy. Okay? No. I mean, think about actors, athletes, politicians, how did they all get through the criticism in their journeys? That's um, right. So just as long as we remember who we're writing for um, mm-hmm. and, and, I mean, if it wasn't for that, I would have given up five years ago, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. I had a similar experience my first writer's conference as well. I I actually packed up. I decided Aww. I was going to leave in the morning. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> and, and then I, 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 I left my pity party. It's, they're never as fun as they promised to be anyway. <laughs> kept plugging away at it. And, you know, here we are. Yeah. 
Well, most writers and creatives are, are self-employed and or they usually have other jobs besides writing and this creates a demand for being organized and scheduling. How can you help us with your methods? Oh, <laughs> right, well, you already know I'm a teacher, a public school teacher, so pretty much uh, it's a tornado wherever I go. No, no, it's not that bad, really. Um, really, I think in order for me to answer this question the best, I think I should just stick to something called mental organization and not focus on the piles of paper and um, thumb drives laying all over the place. Um, so, you know, I'm a high school teacher and have been for a very long time, almost a quarter century. So um, the first thing I probably would say about organization is keeping my other job, my jobs apart, separating my writing from my teaching. Um, really the only thing that those both worlds share is my laptop. So, yeah. um, and it doesn't, it, it means I don't write at school, you know, right. I, and, and it, it means that when I'm doing lesson planning or grading, I, 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 I don't write, you know, um, I don't do those things also when I'm, when I want to have to get writing done. Um, again, being part of word, word weavers makes me have to write <laughs> even when I don't mm -hmm. want to because I, right. I want to always have a piece available for the next critique meeting but but I am blessed yes. yeah mm -hmm. I am blessed in the fact that both prof professions they do have uh enable me to get a lot of creativity out so mm -hmm. um just while I'm going through the process I mean in order to stay organized um and it, it, well, I, just, I would just refer to this axiom. I would say, ignored ideas become unrealized ideas. So if you're mm. coming up with new ideas, um, in either, in, no matter where you are, everywhere from falling asleep at night to in the shower to working mm -hmm. your other job, you have to write those ideas down. And that, mm -hmm. and for me, that helps me stay organized. Because if okay. I'm not mentally organized, if things are floating around and getting lost in my brain, then I feel scatterbrained and then I feel like I can't get things done. So, yeah. Um, so right, I'm pretty much writing that writing things down when they come to me, um, is, is a pretty important way of organizing. Yeah. I love what you said about that. Ignored ideas become unrealized ideas. That's so good. Yeah. That's very good. Thank you for pointing it out. You're welcome. Well, well, how do you how do you recommend lacing our lives and writing with morality? That's a key focus of our podcast. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. So, lacing our lives and writing. Okay. Well, I mean, as a Christian, I can see this clearly. You know, the more of us, the more strong your faith is, the more spiritually grounded you are. And so um, lacing morality into our chaotic lives and into this world that we live in, goodness, is is, uh, is easier the more that you are, are faithful. Um, but being, as, again, going back to me being a public school teacher, I mean, we're held in this higher moral standard in society, right? right. So I can apply that scrutiny, you know, through that lens Mm -hmm. also as a Christian writer. Mm -hmm. So uh, going back to word weavers again, I have to, uh, they have this statement of faith and values on their website. And we have to adhere to that when we are writing um, to avoid being a hypocrite. Right. Because we want our writing to make God happy. Mm -hmm. um, now, are there dark incidents in this world? Well, yes. I mean, just turn the news on. You, you, mm -hmm. There are murders, there are mysteries, and there are mayhem. 
<laughs> every day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and good people get caught up in them. So if you can live your life for God in a way that avoids causing these incidents, then you can also write, right, mm-hmm. for God in yeah. a way that pleases him. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in Pericope, right, the novel I just released a couple weeks ago, um, there are murders, there are defensive killings, there's animal attacks, there's beatings and beratings and adulterous behavior mm-hmm. in the book. There are villains, thieves, anarchists, hypocrites, but doesn't life have all of these too? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So even though these chaotic elements exist in the story, I can still write about them without using bad language or erotic imagery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do it. And that's what honing yeah. your craft means. You, as a Christian novelist, you want to hone your craft, but in a way that's different than secular. Right. You know, you, you, I, how do you portray a sex scene when without writing a Fifty Shades of Grey rendition, right? <laughs> you know, how, how, how do you describe a protagonist defending himself against a murderous madman uh, without yeah. going Stephen King, you know? So yeah. it, that's the fun for writing for God. It's, it's, it's a more challenging aspect. We have to do, we have to be the same kind of writer or same mm-hmm. uh, level of writer, but in, a, in, a, in that lens in that right. moral lens mm-hmm. so um yeah. that's that's how i do it <laughs> yeah yeah and the right the writers of those books are talented There's no oh they're that. amazingly but, talented <laughs> yeah but but you're right like for me i enjoy i enjoy a clean comic more than i enjoy a comic who's not because i feel that now that is creative to make to, to create those funny moments and that laughter without yes without being you know using certain language and certain references mm-hmm. um, that is that is tremendous talent and I think it's it's harder to do you have to work harder at it but it's doable right in fact in fact your opening scene yeah um, suggests right a, like a, a bedroom scene but it's it's clean. It's done well. Like my 15 year old, I can read that. I don't have to worry about, I mean, 14, I'm making her older now, but <laughs> she can, she can read that and I don't have to worry about it. So and uh, funny thing is, good job. Thank you. I was told by, um, a very popular, um, whom I will not name here, um, publisher, uh, who, uh, who told me that he, he, he wouldn't start the novel out with that chapter because it's too racy for Christian readers. <laughs> oh, so, my goodness. so um, I was shocked because, yeah, I guess no. you'll have to, I guess you'll have to read it, read it to see how racy or unracy yeah, it is. Yeah, to see if it's right. I, I thought it was very well done. You know? Thank you. Very well done. Yeah. Well, are there any projects and um, or books that you'd like to update our listeners about? And then, this is your time to tell us tell us a little bit more about the book, where they can buy it, how our audience can get in touch with you. Okay. Here's your time. Tell That's us. exciting. All right. Mm-hmm. So, well, Pericope um, is uh, just released, like I said, from uh, my publisher, Wordcrafts Press. And they're, um, they're right online. If you type in Wordcrafts Press, um, they'll come right up. If you type in my name, Jeff Keen. Uh, two Roman numeral two and the word pericope, um, you will 
see it instantly. That'll also bring you to my webpage. But so, it, I mean, it, it's an adventurous story um, sprinkled with romance, mystery, humor, and of course, some spirituality there. Um, mm -hmm. And I have I have been told that it's a page turner. So I guess that's a good thing. Um, yeah. But I also have a second novel in the same uh genre it's in the uh, it's a trilogy so to speak and uh, oh. it, it, it's already done it's undergoing its its first edit right now uh it's a darker wow. story the darker story than pericope though it's it's about demonic possession uh, oh. yeah so i had to uh, do some very interesting re research on, on that subject with some prayer beforehand of course yeah but, but there are mediterranean pirates and fishermen and woes of disease and loss so that's that's a di very different uh very different story but um and they also wow. have a memoir available which you mentioned um in the first part uh it's it's on the long island traditions website um if you mm -hmm. and it's an anecdotal story about growing up on the south shore of long island with uh, the perspective of a bay house and so it's filled with humor and wisdom and oh, wow. then i've got another piece of uh non-fiction I'm jumping around genres here. I know that I've yeah. I've been told to just to be careful with that. But as a writer, That's okay. so um, yeah. but I, I can't say too much about this one though because it's there's oh. some sensitive legal issues, and oh. I can't divulge anything at this time. Let's just say the creation of this book will tie up some loose ends with a very well known treasure. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's all I'm going to say about that. So which makes that makes us more curious. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited just, about it. Wow, okay. So then give us the best places to stay in touch with you. Well, I do have on my website. Um, it's it's a, it's a Wix website, um, website creator. So it's a little bit lengthy. But like I said, if you just type my name in to Google, uh, it pops right up. Jeff Keen, uh, Roman numeral two. And then the title of the book, Pericope. Um, it'll bring you right to... Uh, right to my website mm -hmm. um, and then of course you could also find me on wordcraft press um, mm -hmm. and if you buy my book on amazon you can just scan the qr code in the back of the book as well so that's right <laughs> and, and you, he's also on instagram at pericope novel one i believe yep and um and facebook and he's a, go and say no more that's that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> well that's what jesus that's tells pericope right yeah, yeah tells her, go good. and send no more yeah that's so good mm -hmm. oh well thank you for hanging out with us oh it was Jeff. so fun we, yeah we we learned so much from you and listen i see i, I when this is the part where i make um, a lot of people pinky promise to come back to talk about their next book <laughs> absolutely <laughs> especially you know now i'm really interested about the one where you can't talk about <laughs> you know, can't talk about stuff. So that sounds very mysterious. It's right up my own. You know what they say, keep them in suspense, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, audience, let's not forget to use our words to pierce through the darkness. <laughs>